Hi, this is Dave Gershman, and you are back at the Reselect Music Podcast. And for this episode, we're welcoming a new voice to our podcast, that of my friend Sarah Wassel. She's very well-versed in music and has made an excellent addition to our discussions. For this episode, we join our newly formed trio of podcasters as they talk about the talking heads. Uh, We were able to uh, discuss pretty much all of their output. We had to cut a couple of their later albums out um, just for sanity's sake. Not to judge the music, but rather the volume of listening that we had to do. Um, So we've listened to everything from their debut album up through and including uh, Little Creatures. So without further ado, here's me, Eric, and Sarah talking about the Talking Heads. Welcome back to Reselect Music Podcast. This is Dave. And this is Eric. And we're uh, bringing you a very special uh, podcast episode recorded from a completely different location this week. Um, Hopefully the sound's all right. Yeah, we, we, have, we, have, a, we have a special guest, my friend Sarah. Hello. Who I work with. Yes. And uh, she's going to help us talk about Talking Heads today. Hell yeah. Um, we're recording at her place. That's the special location. So we've been listening to the Talking Heads for the past, well, two, just just a week for you, right? Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's been like two weeks, I think. Uh, yeah, because the first week was just uh, this must be the place. Oh, that's right. You were that's listening all to that I listened to. That was a great song. And and, and you know, so there's gonna be one song you put on repeat. I, yeah, and I repeated it riding my motorcycle as the sun was setting, going over the West Seattle Bridge. Mm, that's Oof. so nice. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very cool. We uh, did you enjoy the moment in "Stop Making Sense" when, when that comes out with the lamp? Or he's dancing with the lamp? lamp. Oh, yeah. That's, that's is that is that the song that's playing yeah. while he's dancing with the lamp? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That that film is incredible. It's like so fresh. Was, was the first time you saw that recently? Yesterday. It was recently so you, for you, me also. You'd yeah. seen yeah. clips of it on YouTube. Yeah, right? but of course. Never I was seen aware them. of like a bunch yeah. of the like you know his giant suit was like right. the thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that was your first time all the way through. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just blown away by the, like, the artistry of the way they set the stage up, you know, bring on piece by piece like that. Yes. It was so, it's so simple and pure, but so effective. It's just, like, one of the most brilliant ideas ever. I agree. To, like, do a thing that you have to do anyway, then make everybody else part of it while you're doing it instead of trying to hide it. Right, right. And and if there's anybody who's going to come out on stage by himself and, like, entertain the way there was stumbling around thing. Yeah. I mean, it was David Burns, just the ideal uh, host for that sort of thing. I think. Yeah. Well, you read like yeah. that he started out like busking in San Francisco. That was kind of mostly where he got his initial performance I experience. I didn't read it. And he says about it that uh, what it did for him was you could see immediately people's reactions. So you could see how the thing you were doing, how it affected mm-hmm. them oh, like yeah. right then. And I right. I see that in so much of the recordings and the. And the that film it's that same kind of thing yeah like yeah. that thing you were talking about like if anybody could come out on stage yeah. alone yeah. and entertain <laughs> right well that's pretty cool yeah because i mean obviously when you're on stage and there's like crowd down there you don't really get that kind of feedback you know so, one of the things you were talking about uh david Byrne that um really blew me away and 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 kind of kind of chime into exactly what you were saying a moment ago is he knew his purpose in life he's he's like one of these few people it seems like it really discovered what his role was what he's supposed to do hmm. and he I think that came out in his artistry that 
this is what I'm supposed to do now. I'm supposed to dance with a lamp or, <laughs> or whatever, you know. And then the funky things that he does, he's he's really remarkable. Yeah. And, and he owns it. He I, just, I, he like completely identifying, yeah. I can do this and I enjoy doing this. Well, I think that comes out in the kind of music that they made, right? It ties this, in. It all ties this, together. Like, really this does. insane amount of like funkiness that is happening in their music while at the same time they're coming from such a place of like non-black music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be that funky oh, I know. and it's... that white at the same right. time. To see them, to see them. <laughs> like I mean, not to, right. never, you would right. never. It's crazy and I think it's part of what you're talking about like that, that if only you're, you're not thinking about any of that shit. You're right. just like, I'm just trying to make this thing right. that sounds like it needs oh, to be right. to right. me. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. instead of asking yourself, oh, should I be doing this kind right. of music? Because am I, yeah. am I the perfect person to like, just do it? Because it's, or, it's like, coming through. Or like, I should you. be doing this because yeah. nothing I'll ever do is better than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Old yeah. dude that's doing it. Which, think of the Rolling Stones and the animals and like everyone else right. thought that. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's clear he doesn't think like anybody else really too. He's just, he, mm-hmm. and, he seems like he just completely commits to whatever thoughts he's having, what inspirations he's got, and he just rolls with it. And, right. And a lot, most of the time it works. At least what they put on recordings work. I'm sure there's been some well, We saw failed, the whole, uh, his whole period of time on stage in that movie, and I think he's just able to do that consistently. Yeah. All yeah. the time, if he wants to. Yeah. Well, he said that, He's like, nailed it. There were things, like, they would... Because it's a couple shows strung together, right? It's not just one right. concert. I think, it was um, over the, was I think it? they were consecutive nights or something. Oh, I think cool. They... Well, he said that um, the moves were actually fairly choreographed. Oh, they? Because they figured out like the best ones for the songs in the moment, mm-hmm. and then they kept doing those moments that worked, yeah. which he yeah. kind of grappled yeah. with. Like, is, see, it honest, see, yeah. is it honest to well, like, choreograph it? Right. And, and, and huh. another huge part of that movie is the cinematography of it. Like mm-hmm. just Jonathan Demme being the director, who mm-hmm. also did Silence of the Lambs and oh, many really? other. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he, He's directed some amazing movies, regular movies, but he, he just, he, I don't know, the, the, the look of that movie is so cool. I, it's well, they, different. I think part of it's like all the different angles, and yeah. that it's not your typical concert film by any stretch of Also the lighting. The yes. lighting is key. Yes. All white light. And some of that like underneath yeah, lighting. Yeah, yeah. it was like basically as long as it's too. white, like kind of we right. can do anything with it. And they consulted with some theater people in New York mm. at the time. Like, this is what we're doing, this is how we're going to do it. Performed a couple of things, and I got notes from them. Mm-hmm. And then suggestions on how to stage it. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's really thought out. Yeah. It's not casual, which is cool because it looks casual, mm-hmm. right? It looks just so exuberant and, like, yeah, yeah. natural, but it's... It's just all black. Very carefully planned. Yeah, yeah they, they matte painted a bunch of the, like, um, stands for the instruments. Ah. So that only specific things would stand out in the light. Uh, oh, and that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah because if you think about it, it's really clear. There's not a lot right? of shi- like yeah. No. Concerts usually sell these shiny bits everywhere. Yeah, nope. and, it's yeah. very controlled which bits are shiny. That's, oh, very that's an insight. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of, of of his dancing on the stage is choreographed. You know, I I I had a feeling that it was more spontaneous than that, and it's a little disappointing to hear that it was choreographed. <laughs> well, I think I think. The, chore- the choreography isn't so much like a Fosse, like, everybody put your hands up at beat three. I think it's <laughs> yeah. more just like, this is the, the point, the break in the song where we do this one kind of dance move. You know, because like in the oh, film, right, there's right, moments so. where like he'll lock eyes with the backup singers and right, they'll do like right. a funny kind of like insane like dance yeah, move. Yeah. But they're still loose yeah. dance moves. I think yeah. it's more like that. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that worked really well when we did yeah. it that section of the song. 
And some of his moves are, are from like the video for like like once in once in a lifetime. He he does that the whole you know the arm mm-hmm, shot mm-hmm. and stuff and the, that's all from the video mm-hmm. and exactly some of those. Th- well, my, my favorite scenes for going into the movie here. But my, one of my favorite scenes from it is that at the end of uh, Once in a Lifetime when he's he's all the way back. He's like bent himself way 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 backward and then he comes upright mm-hmm. and then they turn to the back of dancers who are coming up much slower and and there's like you see them in the background him from the side mm-hmm. it's just and and right above them are the are Jerry Harrison and uh, uh, Bernie Warrell and the keyboards and they're they're like mirrored up and higher you know high and low and it's just amazing scene that was a cool uh, visual for sure and I, I saw it originally when it first came out in college on a huge screen. Whoa. And it was just, and you know, pretty good sound system and everything too. So it was just, it blew me away. I mean, just the first so time. So you've been listening it. to their music for a long time. Yes. Yeah. For like how yeah. long would you say? Uh, well, I first heard them when I was, well, when their Take Me to the River came out. Uh-huh. I was heavily into Top 40 <laughs> radio. Uh-huh. I would write down my. Every every Sunday I would listen to Casey Kasem and I would write down the, the list and then I'd put put it on my wall and then yeah. next week I'd see where the songs moved around. Wow. And so they were seventy eight, I think they came out and um Right. And it was like unlike anything I'd ever heard before and, and but it wasn't like so it was unusual, but it wasn't so weird that it turned me off, you know. Right. And I think already I mean I was probably a little more willing to hear odd music. My parents had a pretty wide collection, I uh, for whatever reason. It didn't strike me as too out there, but it was just so. So they, they I, cons- they're considered like new wave when they came out, right? From uh, uh, GGS, right? I mean that kind of and punk too, became, right? right? Punk and punk, new wave, and yeah, although I think I think the punk thing, if you were that blows this my really mind. Out. Yeah, I, but they, I mean, they started CBGBs, right? I think that's why. Is, I think that's, that's why punk pedigree, right? Yeah, uh, you remember the, mm-hmm. the movie we saw the uh, CBGBs. Had all those other, like Ramones, yeah, yeah. Blondie, more um, Blondie's pop punk anyway. But yeah. but I think getting grouped in with those is probably why they got that punk thing and mm. maybe just the I don't know. I mean, it's, it's there's no other punks like them by any means. But I mean, they, there's some the music attitude. Doesn't I guess, sound that, like anything no, else, no, right? When it no. came out, it didn't sound like anything else. No. I mean, it sounded like something, you know, like African you could, right, beats you could, and like funk, like we were saying, but like not really like. And anything. there's probably like some craft work or something that you could oh, like, totally. you know, yeah, I could see find that. blended in there. And, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, you can find the things that lead into what they were doing, but nobody else sounded like them at all. So for, in that way, and, punk yeah, makes sense, yeah, right? Because yeah. if they're the outliers, right. So, like, Take Me to the River was on their second album, so I hadn't heard their first one. And then, but then I had a friend in high school who he introduced me a lot of great stuff that he, I don't know where he found it, but uh, so he gave me a cassette of Talking Head 77. Mm. And when I heard that, I was like, this is just so odd. And it was like not super clearly recorded, so it had this kind of like. Oh, yeah, because the distant... first un- unmastered version of it. Yeah, well, I it was probably. On iTunes. Oh, oh, and before way before yeah. this, like I think we talked like a year ago, and I said I was going to try to listen right. to all the records, right. which is probably why mm-hmm. I invited you, which I yeah. didn't do at the time. Um, <laughs> it's too ambitious, but like I bought the unremastered version on iTunes, and it like you can't hear it. It's, you can't it's... turn it up loud enough to actually hear it. Right. Well, yeah, that that it was a very quiet 
recording. Hmm. And I thought it was the cassette, but maybe no, it's it's just, I think it was the recording too. of it. Yeah. yeah. And it was back before they like cranked all the levels up to the highest. Well, and also before they hooked up CD. with Brian Eno. So oh, yeah, yeah. Right. That changed their recording right. sound. Big right. Like the, the producers on that first album were David Byrne and a couple other people who I'm not. Oh, I think Chris France might have been one of the producers too. Mm-hmm. But it just, they obviously were sort of doing it themselves. And they, it was when Brian Eno came in as a professional producer mm-hmm. that I think cleaned up the whole. So, so the actual LP that you would buy at the store, the recording on it was at a lower volume mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I have a Tom Waits record like that too. Huh. It's like infuriating because I, I I make my own mixes of his music, right? My favorite right, songs. So. And every time there's like three songs on that record that are like barn burners. They're great songs. Hoist That Rag, which is like a pirate mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just so quiet because the way they mastered the fucking right. record. So it's infuriating. To... You can't get it loud enough. And also just just a travesty because the percussion is so good on that record and it should be loud well I'm sure they, the remasterings of all these things have helped oh, to sound to this is like his latest record his second oh. to last record we're getting off I thought track you're, yeah, we're, yeah sorry, we're, sorry wrong group wrong yeah, sorry sorry I, I guess I was, I was trying to answer your question of how long I've been listening to yeah. that um, kind of taking a long way around there but so I, I guess that was probably like 82 that I really started getting into them so very long time, like yeah. 37 years. So do you have wow. periods of time where you like get into them again and like listen to a bunch of their records together? Or do you mm. like have times where you just listen to one and get really into it for a little while? I, I think, I think when I, no, I think when I you know, start to feel like I need to hear some talking heads, I, uh, especially now with like Spotify or something where it's so easy just to like mm-hmm. go to the other albums, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I, go through three or four of them and, and uh, three or four albums yeah I don't I don't think I repeat the same one so much anymore. oh okay you know, you'll just go like, like listen to one yeah like, a couple so, of them once through and then maybe I'll go back again to one I already and do you listen to the whole but, album or you just like pick up several songs or oh no I listen to the whole albums uh, I don't I try to I don't I, I, I tend not to skip around I mean just as a general rule of thumb I guess I mm-hmm. I like to listen beginning to end huh. which is something you and I always this has come up in our yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. before. You that's not my nature. You you listen to it, you skip ahead to the next one. Yeah. and I just can't do that. I, yeah. I I need to hear it as it was intended. You know, I I see the album as like a an art form, mm-hmm. you know, or at least it yeah. was until maybe sometime recently. But I probably yeah, still I think it, it always goes back and forth. Always, I, right? I, I, yeah. it, in the beginning, like with recorded yeah. music, it was singles. Right, right. I mean, until until like the sixties, it was really yeah. just a collection of so- songs, a collection of singles, just convenient to put them all on right. one thing. So then, where, where are you on that, uh, on that range? I go both ways. Yeah. I mostly like to listen to the full record, mm-hmm. but it is hard to find records that are that good start to finish, right? That's, that's a tough... Yeah, I mean, tough, I... Tough challenge. I certainly have like a, like a collection of them that I still listen to all the time, start yeah. to finish, that I love. And I think I agree with you. I think that's the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I sometimes will feel like I need to hear a particular song and I'll put that on... But that's definitely not my, my, my way of doing it. I, I'll get the CD out or I'll get the vinyl out. and I even feel bad like just doing side one of the album. But yeah, side two. <laughs> well, unless it depends on what I'm doing. Like if I'm getting ready to go out and I'm like doing makeup time and I just do half, well, then sure, I've sure. won all the way through. So I don't care if I'm not doing yeah, the second half. Yeah. Well, and you were saying last time, I think when we were talking about Elton John, you were saying that you didn't see albums as... Any, yeah, so so this dialogue that you two are having, you know, mm-hmm. that's 
conceptually I understand it, you know, like I, I think Dark Side of the Moon and some right. and some other like That's maybe more obvious. epic yeah. uh, albums Pepper. like that are right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly the, 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 all of those are, are meant to be listened together, but not necessarily are every album. In fact, very few of them are meant to be listened together, at least from my perspective. And, See, I and so you, I, I know you do, and you're enlightening me here. And as I'm listening to Talking Heads, and I listen to these albums, and I and, and I kind of start following the actual lyrics and understanding what they're saying, and, and digging the flow, it's uh, yeah. suggests to me that perhaps I've been missing out well, quite a lot. That's yeah, it's the flow. I think that I like. I'm not saying that every album has a concept. You know, obviously they're not all concept albums. They don't all mean something in particular order, but. But they, the songs flow in a particular order. The sound of the songs, the there's a there's a momentum. The, there's there's like a momentum. Yeah. yeah, like like a and there's a whole art. A there's a whole art to there's starting. There's a dramatic arc. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's yeah. the third song on the first side? Right, and you have to end, start and end a side with meaning. Like that. There's yeah. always there's always a you don't just end the side with any song. You gotta it's the pace have one. Yeah, and you have to okay. for side one it always has to be a song that once you but leaving leaving wanting a little bit more, you know, and then side one's got. Start off with kind of a actually side one starts off with side one is bang. has to start out with a good song yeah. but not yeah. too good right because right. usually two and three either two or three are like Something. the best song on that side yeah and then you need the yeah. first song on the second side to also be really bad yeah but side two for song can be more experimental too though it can be totally. a little it yeah because yeah, yeah. they've already that's got you they, right that's yeah. right and, that's where they and then the, the final song in side two has to have real closure you know test, mm. I, 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 I feel like people often miss on that one. Oh yeah well they don't know right I'm not saying it always works yeah I, you know but I think that's that's what most people aim for and the ones that really work well that they, mm. they find that you know like well I mean very obvious choices uh, the Beatles Sgt. Pepper and the day in the thinking, life you right know, that's which is, like, that's well I got a question probably the best yeah. last song yeah. ever yeah I mean, that's, can you think of a better one considering uh, could probably I'm, not Abbey Road what Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, this is like a pressing question. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 do uh, it. So consider an XY graph, yeah. and and the song number goes uh, from one to ten on the x-axis. Okay. Or what? How many songs are on? Okay. And the amplitude, the y-axis, mm. is is the the mm. particular interest that the song must have along all of those. So what would that graph look like? The interest is everything. Yeah. Well, you you're describing yeah. the, the first no, song after this and the second song and. Well, I, ideally, you want to have the interest always be there, but yeah, but it has to be yeah. But, but you could you could draw sure the graph, right? Well, but but it's not just interest; it's like emotional impact, and it's like right. energy. Well, like, what sometimes you want to. Well, like and then you'll have like this really high energy, kick-ass song, mm-hmm. and then you want to have a quieter song to follow it up to kind of like mm-hmm. give you a chance to like mm-hmm. breather because if you have too many mm-hmm. of those in a row. Just kind of exhausting, you know. And something that I'm just realizing now is that a lot of songs that when I listen to the whole record move me incredibly. If I listen to them by themselves, have not the same yes. effect. Exactly. Because it's the pacing and it's the build up. Right. And, and a perfect example of that is not actually a talking head song, but it was one we talked about last week with Elton John. Oh, by the way, we have a, a dog here too. So if you hear barking now and then, that's Sarah's dog, Hunter. Uh, it's okay. It's untrainable. We, we don't mind. We, he's, he's a, a fine dog. He's fine. He's a friendly, cute little Super dog. Super cute. Yeah. Um, so, last week we were talking about um, 
Elton John's uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Deer Cowboy, which is an amazing album. Okay. I do not know that album. Such a good album. So good. Can you please tell me the name of it again? Captain Fantastic and the Brown Deer Cowboy. Jesus. That's preposterous. Well, it's it's completely it's completely autobiographical. He's Captain Fantastic. Bernie Taupin is the Grand oh my god! It, that doesn't make it any better. It Not, still sounds preposterous. The graphics okay, it is. are awesome. Oh, the the, yeah? the album cover is preposterous hmm. too, but it's it's awesome. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> it's a great album, and it, but it's it's the kind of album that does not work as nearly as well individual snippets. So you really ah. have to commit to it as as a whole art. Yeah. And. The, the hit, well, they're kind of two hits, the, the title song, but also um, Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Mm-hmm. You familiar with that one? Mm-hmm. Very kind of dramatic song, but, you know, bordering on the edge of cheesy dramatic, but not quite going over that. He's good with that, though. Yeah, Elton yeah. John, he, he treads that, in that, that yeah. cheesy. Right. When he's powerful, he's powerful, and when he's cheesy. Well, it gets it right. It's, it's yeah. the one, one of the ones where the formula is just right. And mm-hmm. uh, that song was a hit, um, and it's a good song anyway but when you hear it in the context of the album it's so much better it's mm-hmm. just like all the songs that came before just right. lead like, up to lead it up so to much yeah, like I was saying. more powerfully yeah, yeah. the soft and, bulletin works that way for me too yeah like waiting for superman is an incredibly powerful song yeah when i hear it by itself it works but when i hear it in the context of the record it's like huh. right. 10 times more right from superman you said waiting uh, for superman by the flaming lips yeah, uh, yeah sorry uh, non-talking heads again yes yeah, sorry Aren't you supposed to keep us on track? Yes, I'm sorry. So, well, as, as, it's a runaway train. I mean, they're, they're, I, they're, 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 <laughs> one job. To stick to the album, <laughs> to stick to the talking heads, we have, uh, there are like fear of music. Well, you know, we should maybe try to do this more chronologically. Sure, yes. We, we usually like it. to do that. So Yeah, I respect that. Uh, so uh, well, let's, let's, let's go back to the talking heads 77 then, their first album. I Babies, look at them. I know, they're just... Those, they look like kids. I've seen that. Uh, by the way, every one of these has the lyrics inside, so if you want to refer to oh, yay, right the on. lyrics at all, you can. I mean, I, 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 I have a hard time telling those guys apart. Those, the Jerry, the Jerry Harrison and center. Chris France. Uh, yeah, well, the, the that's actually brings up a quick good point. Just talking about the members of the band, we have uh, David Byrne. At least everybody knows David Byrne, right? I mean, <clears throat> Tina Weymouth, bass player mm-hmm. extraordinaire. Yeah, such um, a well, she, yeah, did you know, she learned ba- how to play bass five months before they formed. And cool. she was brand new on the bass, yeah. but she became so, yeah. so good at it, and like yeah. very quickly. I yeah. mean, like her, her bass playing, I, I was reading some, at least a couple of write-ups where they were saying that her bass playing is like one of the key features of the oh, music. Oh, yeah, it's like, you can totally tell. She's yeah, like pulling it all that shit together. Their, their sound in, yeah. in a way. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, is it the thread? The musical thread that like the consistency of their songs because they do a lot of weird stuff in their music and bring yeah. a lot of weird instrumentation into it. And the bass kind of like kind of her bass is like it's anchors it. Pretty yeah. steady, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, and yeah, she she's so funky and and she apparently was one of the I, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but I read that she was one of the first female bass players to play uh, with her fingers instead of a pick. Like there had been other. Whoa. If you try to think back, like early '70s and prior, you can't think of too many rock bands with female bass players. Prior to her, I mean, obviously, like one of the most famous female bass players before her was in the '60s, Carol. Carol, 
not Kane, I want to say Carol Kane, but that's an actress. No, Carol, whatever her last name is, she was a studio musician who played on so many of the big hits of the 60s. Yes. You know, there's the whole Wrecking Crew, have you heard of the? Yeah. Yeah, she was one of the Wrecking Crew, and she was just an amazing bass player, but I think she played with a pick. But it's just hard to think of too many female bass players who are really well known for that prior to, you know, late 70s whatever mm. you can think a lot more later i think yeah. uh, i think a lot more throughout the 80s and 90s and beyond but so supposedly she was sort of giving a whole new take on finger bass playing i mean she mm -hmm. just had a whole different attack on it sort of and because well, she like learned so fast and then they were yeah. just like playing all the time yeah. yeah she just came up with her own style cool like that and That's... and she also dances while she's playing which mm -hmm. i like a lot because so many bass players just stand there they're like totally it's like the position so to speak that, that you just expect them not to move. Bass players aren't really known for their dancing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although Sting is like a, uh, I don't like the least, but Sting Thank is different. You. Thank you for apologizing. Yeah, sorry. For mentioning. I mentioned. How dare you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you don't like the police? She doesn't. I, no, okay. no, I, 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 right now, although I'm learning as I get older, I, I, I so much music that I shit talked for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am now finding to be good. Yeah. If you ever want to give the police try, you, I gave you that folder, that I directory. Wish, I wish you could record the face that I'm making. I, yeah, I know. I'm not ready. Don't push me. Okay, but I'm just reminding you. I'm reminding not ready, you, Dave. I'm just, just reminding you. I can find their music wherever. Reminding it's there. And I have I Google have, Play I have, now. I can no, get any no, no, music. No, no, That's not my point. Ugh. My point is that I have cherry-picked the best of the police the least embarrassing Your of the police. Favorite no, 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 no. This is just the best. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Well, I okay. already don't believe you. Anyways. <laughs> I'm never going to listen to her. Okay, fine. Out of... Out just, of just to just, spite me. Just to spite you. Okay. Uh, I'd like to take a small side note sure. to talk about the graphic design of this record. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to hear so, what you guys say. So, 1977, this record came out. Yeah. This color, this bright... Neon color is fucking yeah. perfect. Yeah. The green on top of it is vibrating on top of it like crazy, which is brilliant. It rocks and, the eyeballs. And maybe. this is yeah. all caps, Times New Roman, italic, which went through a period, like Times New Roman went through this period of people hating the fuck out of it. Like, how I can't even think of a thing that's like culturally hated the way Times New Roman is. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Sarah's a designer, by the way. I yeah, should actually make a design. graphic designer. Yeah, and obsessed with typography. And <laughs> then in the aughts, MTV started doing all caps, Times in Roman Italic again. So the fact that they did that in 77 is so far super prescient about design. I think I think that's one of the things that runs throughout the Talking Heads music is his taste comes through. Yes. Uh, as yes. being like nearly flawless. Well, yeah. well pretty close. So anyway. I think I have a theory about it. That I just came up with. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just as valid. I, I, yeah, but duh, everything I say is completely insanely valid. Um, that it's again back to what you said, Eric, about him like knowing his place in the thing that he had purpose to do. That's also a huge part of taste. Like it's not even so much doing mm. a good thing, mm. but it's having complete and utter conviction. Like people all the time are like, "Oh, I could never wear that because I could never like pull it off." That's bullshit. Conviction. It's bullshit. That's it's bullshit. Too. If you are comfortable the way you are dressed, everyone around you will be comfortable. It's that fucking simple. Yeah. So if you can wear a preposterous outfit and be like, I don't care. This is me. I feel like the best me. Everyone's going to be chill, like totally fine with it. Anyway, we're off the track here again. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Um, let, let's talk about some of the best songs on this album. Yes. Do you have, do you have some favorites? Let's. There? 
You start. Well, okay. Uh oh, love comes to town is a fantastic song. It's and pretty fun. Great one to start the album with. Mm-hmm. It just really pulls you right in, and uh, it's it's light. I don't. I mean, it, some of the album, some of the songs later in the album get a little like subject wise, get a little heavier sort of. So I think it was good to start this way, and then, um, well, you know, actually, I forgot we could be playing some music here. Mm-hmm. Let's put on a little bit of Uh Oh Love Comes to Town. So I can, I well, why don't it, you talk about I that? love that song. I think it's hilarious. I love the parts about, like, lawyers and stockbrokers. The stockbroker made a bad investment when love comes to town. It's so great. <laughs> that's right. He's I know. So, like, I know that's he's so kind of mean about it. But to be able to fit that into a song and have it work, it just... Yeah. I don't know, just, it's so brilliant. Also, it's got such a good funky, like, that part. Well, and it definitely harkens back to, like, old 60s, like, Motown and soul kind totally. of, you know, it's rhythms. It's kind of loose, jangy. Yeah. But his voice, his voice is... Uh, the, the, Let's talk about his voice for a second. Because yeah, he, you had a problem with this. You had a problem either. with his voice initially. I struggled with him, and I, I really did. Um, he, he's got that I, I, this awkward, high-pitched, quavery kind of thing going on. And I think he's, he was putting on a character. I, I, obviously, I think he can sing better than that. He did later on, and I think he could have then, too. Um, I think he was putting on like a, a nervous man character that kind of worked with his song subject. I don't know what his. This was a timpani or like what is that? Yeah, steel yeah, drum. Steel drums. Yeah, uh, never yeah, in my life yeah. have I liked the steel drum as much as I like it in this song. I know. I really, really like the book I read. Oh yes. Because it's I read a lot, and so I like that makes me <laughs> think about a boy singing to me about liking me like he likes a book, and that would be very romantic to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. that's really sweet. Yeah, and then the na 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 part obviously is the best thing ever. Na 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 na. you were just you were just reading words of the song right there just then. Was I? Like like any? Were, were you? No, no, she was just. Oh. No, I'm just talking about it. Do you, do you not listen to the songs as close close enough to hear the? You know, the... you know, like like Sarah. You know, I I've been at this listening to Talking Heads for a very brief period. Yeah. And while I've most certainly developed an appreciation for listening to their music. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't had the opportunity to like analyze every song yet. It's, it is my intention to do so. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, and I think the way you have told me you listen to them is like you put them on in the background while you're doing something else, and that's sort of the way you start out with them. And and I think unless you sit down with them a little more closely, it's hard to really get into the. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have to put it loud. I'll tell you when it turned out. Well, it's it's a pro. Well, I I think. You know, time, time is precious, and it's a process. At least, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm I don't, not I don't think I'm misrepresentative of other people on the planet. No, no, no. no. I, I, I'm not saying it's a wrong way to listen. To it. I'm just saying that's how you do it. And if you're only getting a couple of listens, then you know it, it may not be till the third or fourth listen that you actually start to right. absorb the subject matter. Yeah. Right here. Do you have a favorite song on here that you? You know, I, I listen to. Not my title. <laughs> listen to the album. I, I I don't know the songs 
by name at this point. But I can tell you, I, I, I've listened to it many times and I enjoy it many times. So silly. There's like a... So this... Oh, keep talking. I'll get in there in a bit. That's right. I was going to say, uh, the lyrics in this record remind me of Kraftwerk's first album. Oh, really? Very, like, matter-of-fact. Like, the whole government, like, living this is the building. I don't actually know their lyrics very, like... It's, it's the same kind yeah. of thing, like... This the, the don't worry about the government. My building has every convenience. Yeah, like these are the lyrics of the song. It's very craft work. Like, I love yeah. I'm very a utilitarian. Like, yeah. She's a model. She likes having her picture in the magazine. Yeah. Like it's the same kind of. <laughs> Which is, it's very it's very German. Really. It's a very very it's Eastern very European. Removed kind of, from yeah. now we state the obvious things <laughs> with no irony. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Well, that's what I love. I mean, I love I love his ability to just do that and you know i mean i, I don't know it's some, I, like if i if i were to write a song with those lyrics i would think wow this is gonna be really stupid people are gonna think this is dumb butter as lip gloss exactly <laughs> okay, no we, we never thought no, that was dumb <laughs> we, we, we owned that oh, did, oh owned you it. owned this I, owned I thought you meant we never thought that was dumb as if the group of us didn't think that was dumb because i had a disagreement yeah. With that. Yeah, yeah i think the group did never mind let's just keep going shall we judge a song we've never heard before yes. i don't know that yes like, I think we should play it. It sounds really awesome. No, I, I I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> it's not by the Talking Heads, so we can't. Uh, and then there's Psycho talking Killer, which, which, right, of course. Psycho yes. Killer, everybody knows. And that was, actually, I, I probably heard that even before I heard Take Me to the River, but yeah, I don't remember the impact that made one way or the other, but so weird. I mean, so weird that it was a top 40 hit, which it was. And yeah. Well, the, the juxtaposition that time, especially the cuteness of the song right, and the right. lyrics and then the French. And then the French, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I don't even understand why he threw the French in there. but I think it's a top, I think it was a top 40 hit because it's fun to sing to. It was, hmm. You yeah. hear it once, well, halfway yeah, through, you can you sing along with it and sing Psycho Killer yeah. in a silly voice. I also think it's that so there's fun. the whole... Everybody thinks, well, you hear what the fuck. Yeah. And I think... I, as a kid, I wasn't sure if that's what he was saying. I was oh, like, oh, he he's saying far uh, better, right? Huh? Isn't he saying far better? No, he's just saying far, 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 far. Oh, I always thought he was saying far, far, like he was trying to say far, oh, and he was oh. getting to far better. <laughs> the next line starts with the word better. Better, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's one way I look at, but the only has it's it written here. Way. Well, it only yeah. has it written here as far, 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 far. But I made a mistake. Well, he, he introduces so many weird sounds and words anyway, yeah. so yeah, it's, it wouldn't be uncharacteristic of him. Yeah. Well, you know, I, this is a good time to bring up a subject I want to discuss, though, which was your initial... When, when Eric Reversion. first started listening to Talking Heads albums, uh, when we started this exercise, he texted me a day or two after starting to and said, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. And I, I, I told yeah. Sarah about that. Yeah. And he's like, I can only listen to so much of that kind of music at once. And first I'm thinking, like, what kind of music? Nobody else sounds like this, you know, and... and so I mean I don't know what you were grouping in with exactly, but but you were having some issues obviously, and so what I did with it uh, was I suggested a playlist. I, I called out what I thought were the most listenable songs. Ooh, where is it? Do you have it? Can I compare it to mine? Mm. Uh, he has it on. His... I can provide it to you. Yes, yeah. I, I may even have a picture on my phone. Right now. Um, I just, made my own. Just from the first three albums, because I thought those were probably the ones that he was having the most trouble with. Uh, on first listen, but I, I tried to pick oh, out. He the, gave you some training wheels. He did. Well, yeah. that's, that's, oh, that's a good way to put it. And how nice! You didn't offer this to me. I didn't think you needed it. Cool. <laughs> I, you already have an advanced taste in music. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on mine. Oh, I don't know about well, that. Well, and and 
Eric well. did say that helped initially. No, and, totally. And, and like cool. as, as soon as he started listening to that, it kind of helped. Yeah. Make it more accessible or whatever. Although he suggested cities, and I didn't really dig cities well, at first. Like, I struggled with cities. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that sign, and uh, and I think it's your conviction that turned me around. Yes. Okay. Well, it took you like because you owned it. It took me. It took me a little while. Uh, well, I, I I was convinced that Remain in Light and Speaking in Tongues would be much more mm. listenable mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Although I, when I listen to Remain in Light again after that, I think well, I don't know, maybe side two is a little too mm. weird. But but the turning point was Stop Making Sense. Watching the, the Watching, we, we, Eric and I watched Stop Making Sense together. I'd seen it before, he had not. And, yeah, it was so fucking good. Um, hmm. And it was so movie. fucking good. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it converted him completely, mm-hmm. I would say pretty mm-hmm. completely, to become a fan. It was, it was such a catalyst. And, and it, every, it changed the way you heard everything else that it you did. listened to after, right? I mean, so you yeah. can go back and listen. Like having, having a picture of him uh, performing on stage and the rest of the band and everything, I think gave you something to tie it all to and imagine him singing in that weird voice and which maybe makes it easier when you understand you know I had an appreciation for the character of David Byrne and that he right. really was a true freaking musician I mean, yeah. he was a talented motherfucker oh yeah and yeah. everything that he did was his best it was great yeah, it was great to yeah. Mm-hmm. so what I thought would be interesting to talk about is just the what makes music I don't know, scary is the right word. <laughs> maybe that's too... too uh, I, are you thinking unappealing, maybe? Unappealing, yeah. I, it hard, hardly took anything mm-hmm. to get you from point A to point C. You know, I think <laughs> I can answer that. I might be able to answer that. I think it's expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've known all the songs that Talking Heads did that were top ten or whatever, you know, and, and there are a number of them. So I had that expectation that the rest of the songs that I listened to of theirs would be of that quality or that distinction right, or whatever that quality that was of, of yeah, those yeah. songs. And so I go in, into an album and I have a different appreci- appreciation of albums than you guys. I right, listen to right. what's what's playing, you know, yeah. it's been my, my history anyway. To listen to a whole album, very few occasions have I done that. So it was, it was difficult to me to make that transition and understand that Talking Heads needs to be listened to that way. And and it was it was a very wonderful lesson and you know Talking Heads is that band for me now they taught me that it's cool. mm. yeah. that's cool that's rad I think that the if you're getting into their music now mm-hmm. cold like you and me have been doing I think the barrier to entry is pretty tough because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like anything else and his voice sounds weird. Mm-hmm. When you just listen to one or two songs, thank you. Right? I, I think yes, and so you don't it have is. a reference point. A like you hear punk, you hear new wave, and I'm down with both of those things. Mm-hmm. But then I listen to it, and it's not those things. Yeah, and his voice is weird, and there, there's a fucking steel drum in that goddamn first song on their <laughs> record. I don't generally <laughs> like music with steel drums. In his it. voice is is probably the, the the thing. I think also their music is weird. I think yeah, their music but, is different too. Yes, oh yeah, totally no, yeah. definitely. But if he if he if you had somebody with a quote-unquote normal voice seeing that stuff it might not have been as interesting first of all but also it, it might have been more easy to pick up on though initially like you might have been able to like bear with it well i also easy. think that his voice is way better than you guys are giving him credit for. oh no he's got great because no, I, I... even even on 77 because if he's not like singing in a traditional way that's like good you know like elvis or sinatra mm-hmm. or you know aretha franklin but he is like his phrasing is awesome. Yeah. His yeah. like the noises he makes are awesome. He is like living in the middle is of it? that music, and his yeah. voice goes with the music. 
and it's the almost always on so key well. too. I mean, it's it's not not matter of being off key really. Yeah. So, so I, it's like a true voice. It's not like Aretha yeah. Franklin who has like right. a perfect. Well, would it be voice. unkind to say that you know he has a particular range that isn't very broad, but within that range, he handles that well? So is I that, think is that's, that okay to say? I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, although I he gets better at it as he goes. He he does get better later on. Is, is, yeah, yeah. He, but he's he, like Elvis Costello. Yeah. He's got a weird voice, right? Because he's not a traditionally taught singer, uh, yeah. and he's also yeah, doing so his yeah. own thing. And then it gets better. Like when I yeah. saw Elvis Costello, his like voice in is November, fantastic. Yeah. He sounds so good. He is. Such it's incredible. Saw Elvis Costello maybe not too long ago. But you know, I'm struggling ago. with Elvis Costello the same way I do. Same way I do with Talking Heads. This is what we have to fix. We have to. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like anything it's, else. It's a it's similar. Different. It's a very similar situation. To, right? yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing it Michelle uh, Saint Michelle, but uh, yeah, you enjoyed their concert. Really I, I did, you know, but but it, not. Yeah, it, I mean, it, was, it wasn't to the depth that I enjoyed Talking Heads at this point. No. Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was kind of your first time for most of the songs, I think. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's say a similar reaction to Talking Heads. I just think it's it's really kind of fascinating to me like just how you just needed that one like anchor point of understanding David hmm. Byrne and then suddenly it changed the way you heard all of it like it just it wasn't even like familiarity with it so much because you I think you hadn't even necessarily listened to it a second time until after the movie right I mean maybe like, you listen to my yeah, playlist yeah then I made a few again so maybe two times but I think somehow I don't know just just sort of feeling like you had a better grasp on who he was kind of changed the way you so, so you know, and, and another way to say that would be having some sort of visual. Yeah, yeah, we have the picture him that. saying or yeah. something it helps. I think. And, and, and knowing something yeah. more about the band, it was four dude, four people up there, three yeah. dudes, and uh, and the drummer's wife, Tina, right? Yeah. Yeah. The bass player. Did you just refer to her as the drummer's wife? He did. I did. I, 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 I Dude. Was, <laughs> that's pretty sexist, wasn't it? it was yeah. Pretty, I was going to... Like, I'm not saying you are a sexist person, but that was a hella sexist comment. Yeah. I, I, was, I was waiting for you to say something. Damn. Was, oh, you know, the drummer's wife. Not, like, one of the most amazing bass players ever. Yeah. The drummer's you wife. Mean, what you should have said was, oh, you had the, the two guys and the woman, oh, and <laughs> the, the bassist's husband. Would you have said that? No. That's what kind of... Well, there, there was three. There's three other males on there. So isolating which of those males. Yeah, the, her, the fact that she was the wife isn't important to the. Yeah. yeah so. And the female bass player. I'm embarrassed. Who happened to be? It's okay. It's okay. It's a learning experience. Yeah. Thank you for putting that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and your and your gracious uh, acceptance that I just fucked up. Thank you. <laughs> Should we cut it out? No, I'm just kidding. No, that's a wonderful no, no, he gets, he gets that one. I don't know about you guys, but I say dumb shit all the time. Oh, yeah. I, and I know whenever I do, you oh, you, yeah. you are sure to let me know. And this is one of my fav- my greatest joys at work is pointing out your mistakes. Dave, <laughs> that, that, that mistake in the same sentence. Come on. No, I know he really. That's why I have to jump on. I'm trying so to figure hard. who's being more sarcastic here. <laughs> I hate both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so moving along. Yes, let's. To uh, let's move on. More songs about buildings and food. Yay! Best record. Which Struggle is with that one too. Unbelievably Ever. good album. It's so good though. Such a it, it is. Funny it's even better title. than the first one, I think. Um. If I had to pick, if I had to, I mean, I don't like mm. to have to think about. Honestly, each whenever I'm the one I'm listening to, I'm like, yeah. this is the best one. No, that's true. That's true. And then I start yeah. listening to another one. I'm like, oh no, this is the best one. 
That happened. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, it starts off with one of their best first songs, I know, I think. Some more songs by Building the Food, which, by the way, I am fairly sure, I read some other ones, that, that was the album title came from Andy Partridge of XTC, one of my favorite bands of all time. He was friendly, but the Talking Heads, I think they toured together. And uh, when they were talking, he was talking with David Byrne about uh, the next album they were working on. And he said, uh, oh, is it going to be more songs about buildings and food? Because <laughs> I, I think there's some of that on here. Yeah. Some and, reference to that. Huh? And, and David Byrne loved it and went with that as the title. So. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. so, um, this is only a year after that. Yeah, very, very closely. And now they're working with Brian Eno, which I think you can hear. It makes a big difference. Huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Like, he just, like, gels the whole thing yeah. together and gives it that, like... Yeah. But he is such a good producer. I mean, he, kind of he really is really good. Yeah. Uh, really good at, like, bringing out things. He was with he was in Roxy Music. He was the yeah. keyboard player in Roxy Music. And uh, amazing musician. And back when Roxy Music was... In the early days, they were, he, he dressed so bizarrely. He was, like... A couple of the guys in the band did. Um, they were they were very glam, glam rockish, you know. And but amazing musician. And um, he went on to do some really great production. He he's worked with U two and um, can you think of any? Bowie. Bowie, yes, he worked with some of Bowie's uh, late seventies albums. Hmm. He's got a very good um, way of drawing stuff out of bands, and and mm-hmm. he doesn't flavor it too much with his own style necessarily you described like, it we talked about it before, yeah. a bit yeah anyway uh so let me, let me play the first song on mm-hmm. more songs about buildings of food mm-hmm. i love the way this comes out on the movie it's just such a yeah. great song also this is a great first song on the yes. second record because second album is traditionally very dangerous slump. yeah yeah well, Such a, I mean, it's just the song is galloping. This is definitely a galloping song. You know, you know, Dave. The experience that I've had with listening to Talking Heads and learning more about them, this experience, you know, this, this band that we chose for this. I was hoping to have that same experience when we listened to Joni Mitchell. Oh yeah, kind of this like and discovery. Go, let me push myself through this. Yeah. This part that I just right, and right. find find the essence of it. Yeah. And I. And I wasn't able Maybe to do we that needed a, a, her stop making sense, whatever that might. Have. She didn't have one, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but but the, ha- having uh, been at this point now with Talking Heads really makes a difference for me. So I understand the concept now of moving past my initial. Yeah. Right. Well, but right. but you need that key moment, right? That unlocking thing to happen for yep. you, which is a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Because yeah. then it changes everything else, right? You listen to the, this, this stuff, and you're like, oh, I don't know. And then you watch the movie, and now you listen to the same right. thing that you listened to before. Wow. That's but this time you're like, different. fuck, and you get it. Yeah. So that's a really interesting like, thing yeah. to think about. Right. And like cities, which is actually my favorite music, and we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. um, was I right when you went back to it? After absolutely, man. Like, did you picture him going like, find a city? And it's funny you bring that up. I, I, I had a new appreciation for the song. There are still some parts of it that kind of like, I can't wait till this little part of the song. Is <laughs> I need to move on to the next part. Of the song. Wow. Do you, do you like actually find yourself thinking that? Do you have time to make that? I, I was, I was, 
we, we had just had that conversation, so I was f- feeling very analytical. Oh, about okay, okay. I think that's a fair thing to think. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just uh, it's it's funny to find uh, the idea of finding yourself in the middle of a song going, okay, this is a little better here. Get past it. Okay, I'm okay. I'm gonna come right now. I can do this. But no, I mean I understand. I mean because there are there are certainly songs that I like most of it, and then there's just one part that yeah. just is really hard to deal with. And, Especially some songs where it's, you know bridges are such an important part of songs, mm-hmm. and sometimes a band will have a really good song, but the bridge just it's doesn't poorly. work, yeah. and it just yeah, that, that that is a very good example. Uh, what what other songs do we like on uh, more songs about buildings? Like we all like we like them all, but anything in particular jumping out? What's the one? Well, I love found a job. Now this one, I can definitely see, if you heard this for the first time, not the voice on on this yeah. one is especially challenging, I guess. Yeah, his voice in this right here is really freaking awesome. Very challenging. I have the lyrics. This is a warning sign. I yeah. love the, this this sound yeah. right here. Well, that's that cassette yeah. that I talked about getting from a friend back in high school. Had actually now that I remember it had both these albums on. One side was one album, oh, one side cool. Because this and I just remember that because this this song when it was on the cassette in that kind of like lo-fi-ish setting, it was just so. I mean, even here you can just it has this, this really this aura about it. And it was, it's very pleasant, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. What, what was that song, Home? Where I want to be. You know, this, this, this ties, it, it has a very similar sort of yeah. It does, pleasant yeah. role to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And similar pacing. Yeah, this is the fucking bass line, man. She's like driving the whole thing. Oh, yeah. She is great. The drummer's wife is so <laughs> Please, don't hold that against me. <laughs> Yeah, so you do get to okay, it. Okay, that's fair. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta deal with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there, the, I did notice when one of her songs, she does a, uh, she bends one of the notes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Man, I, I haven't heard too many bass people do that. It was a nice touch on the song. I really like the Take Me to the River cover on yes. this record. Well, it's kind of mind-blowing. I, I, uh, I believe it's one of the best covers uh-huh. as far as like completely make it your own. Like, yeah, it, agreed. It it sounds nothing well, like the original. Can you yeah. play a little bit of that? Al sure. Green, right? Al yeah, Green Al Green was the original. Yeah, yeah we'll, yeah, we'll play they, a little yeah, of the original. They, this is like, I think this is, this one and in the, in the original version are the ones, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's only two real. Isn't there like a one version of the song that goes on for like 12 minutes or something like that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, it so lends itself to that kind of thing. Um, but it's so, it's so much their sound. Just to just mm-hmm. completely reconfigure everything to just sound. I don't know. It all comes together so well. That keyboard is fantastic. I just mm-hmm. love that. 
What what is his uh, dance during this song? This is on the movie, right? I don't think he's no, done a lot of dancing at this point. I think he's yeah. just sort of like more focused on the singing part. I love when people sing about cigarettes. Okay, I'm gonna skip to the original just to play. Yeah, it sure. It's pretty weirdly. The bass line is very close, right? Like the bass vibe. Yeah. Good lord. It's got that that drive. A little more fun. More fun. More. More soul. Country, the big yeah. country, the final song in there. It's important, I think, because it's a completely different sound from the rest of the album, I think. And it really hints at what they did later. Especially true stories, but we didn't include that as part of our overview. It brings country into the mix. As I was looking yeah. at the playlist, I was always finding myself looking forward to when big country would come on the playlist. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's such a good song. and But it's definitely very country influenced but it has this huge sound to it this, it's, it feels like you're driving cross country in the huge horizon it really it does feel like the big I country have, big sky I'm country I'm not too. super into this song really? it really takes me out of the experience of the rest of the is that right? it is different well yeah. as I said it's a very different sound and, but it, it's a good one I think they couldn't put it anywhere else in the album except the end I think, I think it had to go there if it's going to go anywhere mm, right because in the middle the okay yeah fair enough I, I like his voice in this one. It yeah. just kind of stretches. Yeah. I just like, like, I like the feel of this. for a while. I like the feel The mood is great. And, and I think, but it, it definitely, it kind of jumps ahead in their catalog all the way up to Little Creatures, or True Stories, really. Uh, little Creatures was before True Stories. So yeah, Little Creatures. Um, but it's, it's it almost, you could almost take this song and put it on Little Creatures and it would have fit. What, what album are we on right now? What is it? We're still on, We're on the third album. Second album, sorry. Second. What's it called? Uh, more Songs About Building. More Songs About Building. Yes. So let's move ahead to Fear which, of Music. Which the name of the album had a great story. Yeah. Uh, so Fear of Music gets really a little weirder, I think. It's like much more experimental. And the, the album is really awesome. It has kind of like this... Uh, textured steel flooring yeah that's really cool like feel to it yeah we, we have the vinyl albums of some of these yeah the embossing it's just like embossing so there's no income. so and you also very positive things to say about that oh yeah too, that also that uh, record cover looks like something from the yeah. 90s yeah in, in like the purest hmm. way than then would be way ahead of the time much yeah. like yeah. How you were same thing yeah. yeah all of these record designs are like amazing like this the um 
more songs about buildings and food, of course, has this like photo mosaic yeah. image of the United States on the back, which is the first of its kind it's of kind ever produced. Cool, man. It's was, really, really cool. I was mesmerized. Interesting. That is, and this, yeah. the cover is taken up from like 300 some Polaroids. Is that right? Like real ones. Oh, no yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, super cool. That took a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very I would cool. love to know how they did that. They just lay them, I mean, well, clearly they're like, like standing or whatever, and then they just take the one. And but were the, were the guys standing there with a the red background behind them? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, totally. Yeah? Yeah, but front of backdrop, like in a photo studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then you just like click, 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 yeah. and then you. But there's only like six cartridges per package, so, well, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have to wait. So <laughs> a lot, a lot of yeah. Yeah. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> photo shoots always take a while. <laughs> I guess they do. That, yeah. that album was conceived by uh, Jerry Harrison. This is David Byrne. That, that's Jerry Harrison. This is hmm. David Byrne. I, what I find really interesting <laughs> no, about, actually, I'll read about, that's about this record. Thank you, though. Through what? music. Yes. Is how most of the songs' titles are one word. Yeah, oh. that, that is uh, something I have noticed strange. in the past. Yeah. It's definitely like, strange compared to the rest of the record. Well, you know who else did that? Hmm. Who picked up on that? Uh, Radiohead has a lot of albums like that, or hmm. a lot of songs like that, too. Here's another story. Maybe you know this. Radiohead named themselves after a song by the Talking Heads on True Ooh. Stories. The, uh, on the True Stories album. I did not know that. The song is Radiohead, but it's two words, Radiohead. I really like the song Drugs. I let's like that song let's, also. Yeah, let's play that one super right cool. Now. The intro is great. That's the final song of the album. Oh, yeah, this is... This is on my so atmosphere. My playlist that I made. Oh. Yeah. So is your playlist your favorite songs from each album? So far, yeah. How many do you pick from each album? As many Just as I want. Whatever you feel. Like, what the hell yeah, I, feel I have four from this one. Yeah, Cities and Life During Wartime. Awesome. Okay, right. That's an awesome. That's also one of my favorites. In my we life. talked about that today. We just listened to it. I know it's on the recording. You're right. It probably is. I, I'm sorry. I, I forgot we did that one. Um, I can't be expected to remember everything, you know. It was uh, like an hour ago. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so cities. Here, here's the one that uh, Eric had so Tell much yeah. trouble with initially, but cities. Oh, it fades in. I love how it fades in. Actually, I don't know why. Yeah. There has, yeah. You, you guys might agree with me. In fact. That's There's a part of the song that. Okay. It's like the last half. Of the Agreeing with me? That... No, she was disagreeing with my singing along with the lyrics. Oh. <laughs> she was telling me to stop. On a recording. <laughs> Which, no, I, I'm completely. Sometimes I can't help myself. That's all. I respect that. Is it something to do with it? The, the, there's a part where he like starts hitting some high notes. Yeah. High notes that uh, I find uh, just a little much for me.
So mine, you had that on your. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome. How do you feel about Ezimbra? Are you uh, a fan of that? You know, I I know that uh, I like the first song on that album. That's it, and it's apparently Ezimbra. Yeah. I, I can identify it as a. I, I can I couldn't replicate what it sounds like right now, but I don't really like it. Here we go. Does that make sense? I, I, one, one thing I think about sometimes with uh, listening to some of these this period of Talking Heads is how David Byrne has incorporated um, I guess African music really uh, mm-hmm. in, in, oh, yeah. in, in, compared to how beats, yeah. compared to how Paul Simon did huh. and yeah that's yeah. a really interesting nice comparison really. yeah I, um, I I think I think I think David Burns Burns' way of doing it, he kind of inhabits the music more, whereas right. Paul Simon uses it to achieve a certain oh, effect in his songs. You know, great. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of more. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and and David Byrne just like lives it. I mean, it kind of just he he kind of absorbs it and just mm-hmm. it comes back out of him in this form. Mm-hmm. You know, so he kind of re. re it, it, he changes it a bit, you know. Yeah. Like he, so, so it's almost like it becomes a vehicle himself, to, to also yeah. produce it. He adds himself into it, and yeah, that's what he ends up with. Paul really Simon. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I've left some of what Paul Simon yeah. is down with it too, but I think it's not as. It's definitely just it's more, more academic. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think you can feel. Like yeah. I don't think his music has the kind of soul that this music right. has. It's, to it's it. a whole different listening experience. Yeah. Like, Wow, I would not have been able to articulate that, but it, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel better. Also, that's yeah. really great. Well, and he has that. Paul Simon has "Rhythm of the Saints," which I think was his best example of mm-hmm, music. Mm-hmm. Although, that, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Great Graceland had a lot of it too, but that was a variety of different uh, ethnicities brought into there. It was like there was Mexican, there was some African, there was a lot of stuff. I think "Rhythm of the Saints" was more focused on African. So that's sort of what, what a little more what I'm thinking of. Just thumbing through through um, David Byrne's book right there, How Music Works. Sarah it's read this book, and we, we did not. So, do you have anything uh, in particular that's I'm, worth? Uh, I'm only part of it. Through it. Oh, okay. I've been carrying. Wait, is that your book right there? there? Yeah, because it's there's a lot of information in there about the autobiography of the band itself, right? Like how they started, like as mm-hmm. we go through. But more it's like a big picture idea of what music is and how it works and why it affects people the way it does. Interesting. Right? So the parts that I've gotten into so far are like about how he is a, uh, he and other like musicologists have theories about how music has been developed because of the spaces that it's been played in. That's the thing that changes. The spaces that it's been that played, it's played in? in. All right. That's the thing that changes the instrumentation and the style of music that gets written because like spaces totally like if you're in a cave and you have like simple drums yeah you're gonna or you're gonna have simple drums because you're in a cave and because of the echoes and stuff like that right if you're in a cathedral a gothic cathedral that's basically an enormous cave you're gonna have an organ and you're gonna have other things right because you're gonna play to that space yeah if you have an opera house you're gonna like you know play to the space kind of thing and he talks about the talking heads playing in carnegie hall and how it was a terrible fit for their musical yeah. style and their music didn't sound good in that space because of the wideness and the openness of it. It's a beautiful space. It's a great performing yeah. 
thing. He's like, well, we would never play there again just because it sounded right. terrible because our music is not designed to be in that space. They started in CBGB, which is basically like oh, starting yeah. in a cave. That's yeah. perfect. Right? For that music, yeah. For music. It's, yeah. Like small, and small, you can see what everybody's doing on stage because it's small you know, enough also for that. And that affects like how they performed on stage later, right? Because they're so like, yeah. theatrical, kind of. Because yeah, they started in a place too, where everybody yeah. could see up close what they were doing. It brings up a good point. Like for the I'm talking at 77 in particular, actually, the second album, too. The songs feel small to me. Like there's something about totally. Like they just feel maybe not right. claustrophobic exactly, but just they feel like they're coming from a small space. Tiny, wow. compact, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you fit them in a closet yeah. or something. What are the characteristics and, that you pick up on that indicate that? What is it about this? Music it definitely would be the percussion, like, right? It's percussion, not, yeah. Like there's yeah. There's, there's not a lot of reverb. Sound. There's no, not a lot of no. reverb. It's very tight, uh, kind of close sounding living room. Cool. It sounds like it could be in a living room, you know. And, and that's why I think like big country is so different on the at the end of more songs by buildings and food because it's it's got that big expansive feel to it. Maybe it that's why that, yeah. it stands out as not hmm. maybe not to the end. Other stuff, despite even not just the genre of yeah. the song itself, but like just the size that of the song. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a great quality, you know. That you know that that characteristic could could describe much of their music. Yeah, perhaps any music, I guess. But you mm-hmm. know, I'm so much more familiar with Talking Heads at this point. Uh, yeah. It seems to me that some of their trends in their albums were more expansive than others, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was a well evolution of time or. Well, like speaking in tongues is totally different. I think and that's, that doesn't feel small to me at all. It feels big and. Once Leo gets involved, you stop. It stops feeling. Did he produce Speaking in Tongues also? Like, we don't he did the. Here. He did three. Yeah, so I think it was Remain no, Remain in Light. Food. Yeah, yeah. Remain so he stopped to Remain in Light. So yeah, uh, no, they split with Brian Eno before they did right. um, Speaking in Tongues, and they also all did like side projects. Yeah, Tom Tom Club. Yeah. I'm not quite fond of that uh, song. Tom Tom Club. Yeah, that's all right. It was fun. It's no Talking Heads. Yeah. Okay, there's something about that song that made a big impression on me because that's a song that is like, in a. Mariah Carey song that I know. Oh yeah, yeah. She sampled. Oh, uh, sampled. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of surprised me a lot. Yeah, she sampled. Uh, it's been sampled by. Uh, so that was Tina. Grandmaster Wayne. Flash too. Chris France. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. We were talking about. Oh, oh, we were talking about Brian Eno. Did you figure out who produced? Who actually oh, produced? Uh, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, Sorry, I got sidetracked on Tom. Self-produced or I don't think it was. Um, speaking in tongues has a completely different. It's much bolder. Like brassier, kind mm-hmm. of, I think in in general, I mean not this like this must be the place is not like that but but you have like burning the house and girlfriend is better and slippery people and you know, it's just all mm-hmm. these kind of like, a lot of great songs on it yeah yeah it's a fantastic album very catchy probably one of their most out and out appealing well you know it took it took listening to speaking in tongues several times and also watching the movie that was the other catalyst right, but yeah. uh, li- having listened to speaking in tongues. It gave me appreciation of their type of music, and I was able to take that back right. to when I listened to their earlier albums yeah. and, and apply that understanding of their music. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I all of a sudden had a totally new appreciation of it. Right. But it, you know, I, I need I needed to be like you, you, we, we were talking earlier. I needed to be like uh, training wheels or yeah. something like I would talk to. Well, this. and you probably saw you saw how those songs were the precursors for the ones you had come you you. Liked so much on speaking in tongues. When you went back to the earlier songs, you know, uh, you, you, hearing you your analysis this. of that, I, I, it makes me think about it some more. You know, I, I'm not drawn to that explanation at mm-hmm. this point, but your 
Give it time. Your understanding of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll think about it. Well, let's move to... I'll, I'll get there. I'll yeah. get there, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're going to move to Remain in Light, which I think, pretty sure, is my favorite Talking Heads album. Yeah, it was a freaking great because album. Because it is so amazing. I, I was actually going to like text both of you guys during during this mm-hmm. a few days ago. I was going to present a a question for us to consider for this. Uh, something to the effect of Cross-Eyed and Painless and The Great Pair are best one-two combination oh, uh, yeah. Talking Heads albums. It's a hard one to think about because there, there's there's so many potential other possibilities. But I, I just think the one the way one goes into the other is just I mean because Cross-Eyed and Painless, <laughs> such an amazing song. I just said that. But that the way it starts, yeah. bam. Yeah. It's like yeah. There's no like lead up, you know. There's no and it just that guitar is so so perfect, so tight, and just. Right. Accent to everything else. And that bass. I mean, let's talk about the bass. We're going to talk about amazing bass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I know. Who, who, who's the bassist? Uh, I believe it's the drummer's wife. Is that right? <laughs> oh. uh, or maybe it was the bassist's husband. No, wait. Uh, this record sounds like serious to me. More yes. Serious. Well, that's true. It's true. It gets. It does get a lot more serious. I think. Well, I don't know. Pure music kind of. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I don't know. For some reason, this record to me sounds like they're like, okay, now we're gonna make some fucking music. We're gonna kick some fucking. Something like something like. like right. The muscle. Mu- some the muscle. I was just about like, to say it's more muscular. Muscle. It is yeah. so muscular. Yeah. yeah. Muscular. This like, song yeah. is so muscular. Yeah. It's got so much. Like it's just taut. This. Yeah, man. Yeah, the skin is bulging. Yeah. Pumping yeah. <laughs> iron. David Byrne. Can you imagine David Byrne? No. Bench pressing. So skinny. No, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> and I love his singing on this too. And I don't know, it's just such a great Well, song. yeah, and also, like, maybe maybe this record, his singing sounds the most perfectly integrated with the music of it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I There's a thing that's happening on this record. Things I, I are think, falling into place in a big way. Yes, I think I think they've found, they completely found their voice there as a as a band. I mean, we keep saying he, you know, him, like like all this is his doing. It's not. I mean, he it's wrote not. the lyrics. He wrote the lyrics. I mean, you got to give him credit for starting, you know, writing the songs. But they, the rest of the band, is just as responsible for the sound yeah. mm-hmm. as he is. I mean, he didn't tell them all yeah. what to do. I'm pretty sure. So you know. They they just like there. This is equal stuff. credit, all song credits to David Byrne and Brian. Brian, you know, well, you know why? Um, he Brian did a lot of uh, s- uh, looping on this. Um, like a lot of these things we're hearing, he's taking little snippets that they record and then he looped them again and again. So, um, like, pretty sure like this song, they didn't necessarily have to play it all the way through, although. In concert, but for the recording, I'm pretty sure he. Uh, uh, I think it's the song and great the great curve, in particular. But I think he also did a lot of loops with like some of the background atmospheric sounds you hear in other songs in the song. So I guess that must be unless I mean he is a songwriter in his own right. So yeah. maybe he actually mm-hmm. did some real songwriting too. So I'm gonna skip to the end here. You know, I had, I had an epiphany oh. as I, I was listening to this album today, and in fact, it might have even been this song mm-hmm. I was listening to at the time. You know, one of the things that 
that David Burns, one of his skills, one of his profound, really wonderful skills is that he didn't allow himself to get in the way of the music. And oftentimes the music would play and he'd like stand back and do whatever he does and mm-hmm. the other artists in the band or... Oh, you see the dress down at like the live performance then? Well, well that also, that also, recordings. but you know, he, he, even on some of, the, of his yeah. other songs of the recorded albums, you know, he shuts the fuck up, you know, and he lets he lets the music play. Mm-hmm. It's kind of no, it's it's, it's he, nice to witness that. He doesn't try to like take too much control of the song. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of bandstanding in this. Right.
No, she was not one of the ones in the movie. Um, she, but she was in La Belle, I believe. I think there was a man with Patty LaBelle. And she oh. sang Goulet Vous Coucher avec moi. Oh, no I'm pretty sure that's, that's what she sang. I thought it was Lady Marmalade that sang that song. No, that's the song. Oh, right. That's Lady Marmalade. Song. Or, yeah, that's the name of the song. Uh, by LaBelle. And, um, Eric Shakey. You're amazing. I'm super impressed. So I'm pretty sure Noah Hendricks is one of the uh, one of the members. But anyway, so she sings a lot of the backing end here, the, the female parts. Tina doesn't have that kind of depth in her voice. She has a much thinner, reedy kind of voice. It works for some of the earlier stuff, but it wouldn't work out so well. Um, an interesting thing, I, I, every time I read about this album, polyrhythmic keeps coming up. Oh, what does and, that mean? And I was, I kept, I was thinking, yeah, that completely makes sense. But at the same time, I wasn't really sure what that meant specifically. Like, lots of rhythms going on. But I actually looked it up, and it's it's an actual music theory terminology, whatever. It's when you layer different rhythms um, with different tempos to achieve a whole new thing. It, it's they'll work together and like to become syncopated and everything but each separate part of it may sound just so like what about the song that exemplifies that the guitar yeah it's a little like it doesn't have to be just drums it's like it could be any part of any instrument so here i'd say it's like the like a little the little keyboard thing you're hearing plus the bass going, and then the guitar is going to be the, but, and the horns too right yeah i mean yes. it's all meshing together and to form this one whole and it's really hard you're not thinking about it, it's hard to pick it apart. Yeah, because it, it just because they're all kind of differently. Yeah, really it different feels places. like this one rhythm, but really you can break it down to all these different rhythm patterns. And that doesn't really happen in every song. I mean, a lot of a lot of rock songs, everything's following the drum and bass, you know, like the guitar, basically, except for maybe the lead solo. But even that does, you know. But these are independent of each other and just coming together into this, meshed together into this whole piece. And when, when it was explained that way, it really made a lot more sense to me. Like, oh, that's that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. There. Again, I don't listen to a lot of stuff that's like this, yeah. so it's like it took me a while to like to like dig dig on it, you know, like yeah. to really get into it. Yeah. You know, when I was in college, I met I met this guy. He introduced me to some new music, and one of the things he said about it that made made me be able to appreciate it so much faster was he, he didn't really consider the people's voices they're singing as you know listen to the words they have to say whatever it was it was more that they were another instrument hmm. in the mm-hmm. song sure you know it was just like the sound and David Byrne you know his contribution to much of his music is that you know it's not so much what he's saying right but the way he presents his voice in the sound to, to complement the rest of the musicians. Which is totally true, because that's how he writes the lyrics. Like, he does this, like, speaking in tongue, glossalia mm. style, where he just makes, yeah. when they're writing the he music, sounds. he just makes sounds, and then, and then writes the lyrics later. later. Yeah. Like, that's how they write the songs. They start with, like, a little bit, and then he'll just make noises and syncopations and stuff like that. And so, definitely. Which is oh, why I feel no like, shit. Yeah, so what you're saying, that fits in with what you're saying, and, like, what I hear about his voice fitting so well into the music rhythmically, like having these yeah. weird little punchy, like perfect things, even though he's not a good singer, right, right. you know, like a beautiful right. singer, right. he's still... Well, I think in like that song in particular, the, the Great Curve we are just listening to, you have all those like backing vocals, and they're completely just being instruments. They're, mm-hmm. you know, 
they're just making these like yeah like, yeah yeah nonsense, just sounds sounds in the yeah. like resonating yeah even know. and what he's doing is just kind of like just yeah along. he's not I mean he's saying the same word yeah, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after that song we have uh, well it really it's the first song and the second side is once in a lifetime which oh, such an amazing song of course yeah. The first time I listened to this record, like I didn't, I didn't, I just, you know, was going in order. Yeah, yeah. And then this song starts, and I was just like, just oh mind blowing. It is, it's a mind blowing too. Right sure. when, yeah, especially so when you, good. when it's in context with the other songs, right? Yes, and that's the thing. That makes coming. it even better. Oh. And, and this is almost one instance where, well, on the CD, it almost works even better than on the album. Right, because you don't have to flip it. It's, it's, I was it's, thinking it's, that. It's, it well, and that, that previous song leads into this so nicely. Yeah. And, and this, this is a great starting song for the second side. Oh, too. is this the second candidate, maybe, for the one song lead to the other? Well, in, you might be able to string them all together then. It's, three <laughs> songs. it's the, the best one, two, three combination in any of there. Yeah. Also, like, the lyric, water flowing underground. I love that. It's so primal. It's so powerful oh, yeah. and so primal. There's something very strange about it, like because divining water is a thing, right? We use yeah. divining rod to find right. water, and water's life. And like, when there's water on the ground, like that's where you make like a, a city, a settlement, right? It's crazy. Yeah, and that's wow. And, and it, it has the uh, <laughs> oh, water dissolving, water removed, carry the water, remove the water, and it just. What that really means, you know, and but it just sounds it feels so, like a rally in crowd, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It feels like something anyone in human could just be like, Yes, that thing. Water. There's water well, it, the is the same That's the same song that you talk about water yeah. at the bottom of the ocean. Of course, there is, like, is what my response to it, but I'm trying to find some other understanding of what he means. You're good. So, I... And it perfectly embodies to me what I think the best music lyrics are, that they are simultaneously so mundane and so powerful. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the best rock songs do. Yeah. Like, they give you the moment of, like, you feel like it's power and it's a thing you can say at any mood that you're having, but it also kind of says nothing. Water under right. the, well, and, the and... bottom of the ocean. Right, and just reading them, it would have no, it would not be the same thing as hearing yeah. it in the context of the song. I mean, well, definitely there's this whole water theme here, but I don't even know where it fits into the rest of the stuff, which about the, um, you know, the whole, you may ask yourself, how do I work this? Uh, mm-hmm. Where does this highway go? Oh, yeah, to? where's my beautiful Where's my beautiful? Who is and, my beautiful wife? I, and I don't really know what the connection is between that stuff and the water stuff, but you don't really care either because I mean it just all works it just it feels like it belongs together so I, I can imagine having a dinner party at my place and six or eight people there and we're all drinking and eating food and talking heads can be in the background and mm-hmm. it would be perfect yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and some of it would be great for a dance party or you're just you're mm-hmm. like yeah 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 yeah, yeah strobe that. lights crystal ball and the... mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> As you were talking, I was glancing down at my notes here, and I oh yeah, I'm done I, I just remembered something I I thought about a song on um, their first albums, uh, found a job, 
um, which I played a little bit of. It, it's not just that song, but it made me, as I was listening, I suddenly thought, this is nerd funk. It's like, let's like, listen uh, to, can, like, can, can we like, hear uh, some of it? That's so funny. Well, I, I, yeah. I felt like I'd come up with a new, yeah. a new nerd genre. Nerd funk. That's great, dude. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty excited about that because it, it really, to me, it kind of, it. described it very well yeah no it's um <laughs> and it kind of talks about like it's really good him really sounding good. like yeah, yeah that and it fits with the costuming of the right because basically like you could almost say that their style and that can stop making sense is norm core so yeah. like yeah funk is a better version like here's that. here's the song that i was listening to yeah i thought about that yeah i mean it's so funky he's such a nerd you know it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So proudly, near, yeah, I know this. Don't take them out again. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't from 77. Uh, no, it's uh, four songs. Right? Hmm. Good notes, man. Jerry Harrison, uh, he, used to, he, he came from The Modern Lovers, which was uh, Jonathan Richmond and The Modern Lovers. You that ring bells to you. Um, he is he's partly responsible for one of the greatest songs of all time and the organ in that song which makes it what it is Roadrunner I know that song yeah and so that's Jerry Harrison playing keyboard one, on there. Two, three, four, five, six. this is good this, this is actually often given credit as being one of the first I mean, it, 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 there are a lot of songs, I guess, that are given credit for it. One of the early punk influences. But sure. Ramones, Sex Pistols, they all talk about this song. Is that right? Yeah, when they when they say what, their, what influenced them. When this hit, it was on like, it was like 73, I think. Yeah, 70. Who is this? Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. He was, in, he was from Boston. I know him pretty well. I saw him live. You know him? Uh, you know him? Yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's... he's he was on the Boston music scene for years. Uh, Even he only was with the Modern Lovers for like one album. So this this album is fantastic. It has Pablo Picasso. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole, and it, it's a funny song. But uh, <laughs> it's a funny title. And uh, but this song just like put them on the map. In anyway, it's. They may be considered a one-hit wonder, although I'm not even sure how much of a hit this was, but um, it's on the radio. It has a great beat to it. Yeah. It's like a surfer thing. It has a bit of a surfer thing. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a great driving song. This, this, you just yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Jerry Harrison, uh, getting back to this, is uh, responsible for that organ, which is a key component of that song. And so Jonathan mm-hmm. Richmond broke up the Modern Lovers right around the time that... Um, they were uh, talking heads were looking for a keyboard player because he formed David Byrne formed the talking heads with Gene Weymouth and Chris France. Well, it started with Chris France. They were France. in school together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the RISD, uh, Art Rhode, Rhode Island School of Design. Art school. Yeah. So it might not be. It might be like art nerd funk. Yeah, yeah, sure. That definitely works. So and then, and then they brought Tina in and then Jerry, but just mm-hmm. a little bit of. Jerry Harrison history there. Uh, should we move on to mm-hmm. speaking in tongues? Mm-hmm. Hey, I just had an epiphany I'd love to share with you guys. You know, coming back to that comment that I made earlier about the chick that is the drummer's wife. <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. I'm embarrassed by that. And, and now, I, now I understand it better. 
and 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 I can understand the way. Okay. Why why I said that and yeah. and and uh, you know, my work and my life has been around people who are unenlightened. I, I feel like anyway, you know, I work with construction workers and I grew up mm. in Texas and these things. Mm. That's what I'm how I'm used to expressing that to the audience I typically have. Mm. And now I'm around some other enlightened people and uh, I'm realizing I don't need to say that kind of thing to right. to. I would say you cou- probably don't even need to say something. it to them either, but. You know, I kind of second that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to play to your audience. In fact, all the time. enlighten them by yeah. making women seem like they're on the equal. That's really wonderful. Yes, plane. indeed, yeah. man. That is a fucking awesome, yeah. great. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I worked at a print shop for a union print shop for six years. And, like, I was buddies with a bunch of dudes uh-huh. that worked on the presses. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. I appreciate that. Thank you. And it's tough. It is tough. It's easy for me and David right now to say like, no, man, say it the way that you uh, need it. But you're right. Yeah, like, it's yeah, tough. Like I, I get it too. It's very clannish in those atmospheres. And it's, it's much easier to be like pals with everybody and talk the way they talk. We were talking about speaking in tongues now, <laughs> which was by, uh, by all standards, their most successful album. Well, I uh, no, I actually, I think Rem- was little creatures Remains actually. Light might have been. I don't think so. Their best selling. No. Just keep talking. I am. <laughs> uh, I, I think little creatures may have actually ended up being their best selling, but speaking in tongues was their commercial breakthrough. I mean, they had hits, obviously, like during wartime, once in a lifetime, all the others. But this was like, I, I was in college when this came out, and it was played everywhere. Everybody had this album. Not literally yeah, everybody. But well, at this time, I think this one, yeah, up to this point, was their best song. And um, I just remember hearing it all over, like every dorm you'd go into, mm-hmm. you'd bring down the house, girlfriends better, every frat party you'd go to, Whoa, or any party. Those are cool frat parties. Yeah. Frat parties in my college didn't play that shit. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah. These are a little more uh, advanced frat boys, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, such a catchy song. I think it appeals to so many different mm-hmm. types of people it's one of those things that you know maybe uh, I, mean, I recall even hearing those songs when i was going to school in texas you do remember yeah 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 i think burning down the house had for some for some reason had very wide appeal i just i think maybe the the lyrics weren't as challenging as some of the lyrics that came before in their music i mean they had they were, they were a little more front and center a little more they made a little more sense to the quote-unquote average listener who didn't want to you know have to Think too hard about there, and you could kind of give it any. That's fair to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. you can kind of give it any meaning you choose, and, and, and they catchy. You want you about know, it, yeah. You, I mean, you could like, like you were talking about some of their other music earlier. It was catchy, mm-hmm. and you could yeah. sing along with it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy to sing along to. Mm-hmm. It, the whole album is extremely danceable, but in it's it's funky in a whole different way. It's not as like. Let's go to making flippy flappy. Mm-hmm. That song cracks so me fun. up, man. The title so alone is just funny. Yeah. Get in line. Nothing can come between us. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like listening to Prince song. Yeah. Like James. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think it is? And I think it's kind of like you hear the bass, but it's not as deep and like what you hear more as the rhythm thread is the little guitar scratching and guitar scratch. Which is also very funny. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 present in like a lot of Harlan and Funkadelic stuff, and uh, you get the little chicken scratchy guitar, yeah. and I think that in a way replaces the whole bass line needing to be quite as prominent. 
you know, like that, it kind of leads the rhythm of the, the funk, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. well, here, let me, yeah, uh, well, that was an appreciation, appreciation of the music that I didn't expect. And that was as much as I like funk, that these guys satisfied my desire for funk. <laughs> it was really cool. I was surprised by that. It, 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 it was beyond my expectations. Yeah. Very well, satisfying. Right. Yeah, I mean, you don't often hear them described as a funk band. No. You know, but, but they are so funky. Totally. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like it's, some serious ass you, funk you could on, You could call them a funk band and it wouldn't be wrong, you know. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't tell you everything about them, of course, but... Um, so let's, let's do a uh, Girlfriend is Better is an awesome song. And that drum beat is so new wave. It is, it is. It's, it could almost just be a drum machine. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. And this is such a great song at the movie, too. That's the other thing. A lot of the bass in some of these songs is done by the key, keyboard. The, 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 yeah. Uh, and actually, in the movie, you see her yeah, at the at that little whatever what that the, thing is. What the hell is that thing? Yeah. I don't really know what you call it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. That's, but it has a great sound. Yeah. yeah. I've heard it through a number of their songs. And his voice here, I like. He, it's a really good meshing of like the early David Byrne the, the weird skittery quavery voice but the more mature David Byrne too it's like he's brought that voice into the more into the later version and so and then Slippery People is another I mean it's just this whole side one is just mm -hmm. fantastic it's like it just doesn't really you just play this whole side and mm -hmm. take care of a good 20 minutes of your dance party right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. Good dance party. Yeah. And here again, you get the hello. Yeah. Chicken scratch guitar? Chicken scratch guitar. I think it is, yeah. What it reminds me of, like, a thing I saw at um, Grace, no, at Sun Studios once, but that was someone playing guitar like Johnny Cash. It's a whole other thing. Who are they playing scratch, though? Um, chickens it was around. like a rhythmic. It was a rhythmic <laughs> style of playing. Where I think he stuck like a playing card in the fret or something. Oh. And it was like a really super rhythmic, like dang chick dang chick dang. What was he doing? Fast rhythmic. What, yes, like what, what was it? The card? They, I think he put a playing card in the fret to do to affect the sound. Maybe. Sound. Dude, was he moving it? I wonder if he was moving it around. No, I don't think so. I mean, not the kid that I saw. In oh, the, you know what? It was probably Ooh. muting. It was letting, preventing the strings from like, ringing out. Reverberating, yeah, so they're, yeah, they're yeah. just like chopping short and right. So between right. the strings and the fretboard, and he was playing that way. Yeah, it was kind of like, like in, <laughs> in and out. <laughs> not just before, behind, because it would just slide right there. Yeah, it had to be interwoven, sort of, I think. Ah. But, so it probably just completely muted that I'm sound. I'm totally curious about that. Yeah, well, try it sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think on an electric guitar, it makes a difference. Yes, yeah. yeah it'll be fun. When I saw it, when I went on the tour of some studio, there was a kid that like was talking about Johnny Cash coming up with this method of playing, mm -hmm. and he like demonstrated it. And instead of taking the guitar and playing it like this, he knelt and put the guitar on his shoulder. So he was holding the fret with his arm almost straight up, and the yeah. guitar was balanced on his shoulder. And he bowed his head, and then like. Chuk -a -chuk -a -chuk -a -chuk -a -chuk -a 
I think I've seen him do that. I like or, or yeah, that was in the in the uh, the Johnny Cash movie. Walked alone. Maybe Walk he line, did. I, I don't know, but it seems like that that kid was like bowing in respect <laughs> to well, being in Sun Studio and playing oh, a guitar yeah, like sure, Johnny yeah. Cash. As one should. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Anyway, getting back to Talking Heads. Um, were you going to say something? Uh, I want to talk about this. Yes. The place. Yes. Oh, please do. Oh. Oh right. yeah. Down because it's so minute. beautiful. Yes. I mean, okay. So. Oh, please. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. no, no, play it, play it, play it. I mean, just I like this, you loop this song and this beat can just keep going forever. And it really it's does, beautiful. doesn't it? I mean, it's just so chill and happy and upbeat. Oh, especially and, like, the, this part right here is yeah. like... Yeah, it's beautiful. And, yeah. And there's so many, like, I read a review, a Pitchfork review of this album and this song that said that the lyrics, found the lyrics to be like disingenuous and like no. depressing and no. I think that that's the most bullshit bullshit I've ever heard huh. like it's the most beautiful it's love song there's so many great that's lines that's such a cynical way to look at it yeah like I'm just an animal looking for a home like you've got a face with a view like yeah. sing into my mouth that's the best thing ever if you're kissing mm. someone and you're listening to music and you're both kind of singing a little bit as you're kissing like what is better than that <laughs> oh my god it's I so beautiful seen. it's it's so beautiful. It, yeah, I mean, right. I, I think I think anybody who would say something like that just doesn't believe in David Byrne as being like uh, a positive. Yeah, or just you know, he I, he's just he's not putting on a, a personality. That's just him. I mean, like yeah. those are his. It sounds so. It sounds so naked. It sounds like yeah, to someone yeah. it would have to be sarcastic. Right, right, right. You could be right. that. That's it's that, that yeah. open about their heart. They, they think of him as being ironic about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. And actually, he he was on. Uh, do you listen to the Mark Maron podcast? What the fuck? The BTF. He was on as a guest. An uh, episode I listened to not too long ago. And he was saying to Mark that um, there was one song uh, of his early on. Oh, um, what is it? Uh, that somebody thought it was racist because Which? they took it. God damn it! One of their songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Make it count, right. damn it! Right. Or save it. It's such a challenge. I'm not cutting this out. I changed my mind. Uh, I have a note here in my notes oh. about the, the line, Love Me Till My Heart Stops, that might be, I'm wondering if it's one of the best lines in English music ever. Hmm. Sung and, or written. Because, like, this, the meaning, the part in the song, the perfection with which it fits into the song, the harmonies of that line. You can sing that line like six different ways and every way it feels like you're like a powerful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't really notice that one as much. But now that you sing it low, you sing it yeah. high. It feels good. Say, say it again. The, 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 what, everything I just said, I don't think I can do that. But no, that know. line, like it's just... No, no, like, no um, um, just the words of the song. Is oh, love me till my heart stops. Yeah, super powerful. Yeah. 
And it's like a cry, it's like a scream almost. But it's like perfectly in tune. Yeah. I think the whole song builds up to that line. And I, I, I think the way they perform this in the stopping sense is so perfect. Yeah, I think it just it really fit the, the song. Lovely to look for. Over. Right, there's two lines left, and that's yeah. done. That is awesome. Yeah. Good catch. Yeah. That's a nice, nice um, innovation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's great. I had a week, so the week listening to that song, I thought I was like falling for someone, so I was basically crushing really hard on someone while I was listening to the song. It was glorious. Ah. Yeah, it worked together really, really, can, really can well. Can I ask? Was did you guys hear the song together, or did this just remind you? Or no, make you uh, we had been talking about the Talking Heads, and he's really into them. It's like, oh, you hmm. have to listen. To Why this isn't he here? Yeah, oh, no, it didn't work. It didn't work, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't work out, which is totally okay. Like, I, it's, it happens, right? You meet yeah, people, sure. and you think, oh, this is going to be a thing, and then it's not a thing, and sometimes that's terrible, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, I'm glad you like the Talking Heads anyway. And oh, yeah. <laughs> While we were talking about this song, I also did remember what I was trying to remember before about uh, David Byrne on the, the podcast. Uh, and it wasn't a racist thing. It was it was true stories. The uh, album and movie of the same name. It's It depicts the this town in Texas. Really strange characters, really oddball people and quirky and weird. And I think it kind of celebrates that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it takes them at face value, and and, he, and that's what he intended. But he said there were a lot of people who thought he was being really mean to these people. He, they, they completely mm-hmm. saw it as being mm-hmm. ironic and sarcastic. And he said that was never, ever... Judgmental, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, they, they just they just thought his approach to it, like he was making fun of them, but actually, but he was, as he says, he was celebrating them and, and, huh. and making, you know, just showing that... It's just life, you know. I mean, and and um, if you see the movie, it, it makes a lot more sense. And, and knowing how he is, that he just appreciates weirdness, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, in all its forms. Mm-hmm. I do suspect that he finds things absurd, though. But yes. absurdity is a different thing than is. something you're making fun of. Right, right. Absurdity is like surrealism, right? It becomes its own yeah. brand of thing. Absurdity is awesome stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like different. From making right. fun of something, right? I think. It, and I don't there, think there, that, there is a distinction, yeah. Right. And I don't yeah, think yeah. he does the making fun of much in his. I, I think in order to uh, to observe the quality of, of of absurd, you have to understand that there is no judgment first. Mm. It's like inherent in yeah absurdity's yeah. nature. Mm. Absurd is like sublime, you know. These things mm. you know, to 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 recognize these qualities, you you have to be one step above being. So, judgment jackass you know yeah i think you have to not be judging i think yeah 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 to appreciate what for what it is yeah so little creatures uh i i have to admit i think i didn't like this album so much when it came out there was something too too simplistic and childish about it and it was like nursery rhyme-ish and and over time i think going back to now i haven't listened to it much in years uh, going back to it and listening all the way through, I like it more now than I did then. Hmm. For some reason, it's 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 time has softened my hmm. 
the things that made me kind of. What what songs are associated with? Um, good songs. I guess and sh- no, not so much. I guess maybe Stay Up Late, Road to Nowhere really bugged me for a while. It bugged you? I don't know why. I think I'd just been so much into their their funkier stuff that well, it just seemed... we always play songs that we really like to hear. Why don't oh, we yeah, play yeah. this one right here and, and just like well, have I some mean, understanding with it. I means. like them all now. I actually yeah. I think it's a very solid album when I go back and listen to it now. So like Give Me Back My Name is, is one of the less less uh well, you know. Actually this is one of the songs that works better I think in the context of the album. <laughs> listen to it right now, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sure, but maybe I don't like it as much. Yeah. But, but it, it follows well from Anne. She was. In a way, though, I mean, you can. Like, so this doesn't fall that far from this their first couple of albums, really. And, and that's why I, a lot of this album, I think now listening to it, uh, right after listening to their first ones, I, I see a thread definitely that continues to it. It's like more. The lyrics are a little more like. Up front, it's straightforward, not as not as like just kind of like stream of consciousness, or, or you know, they make more sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like musically, it's it's just like a slightly more countrified version of their early stuff, and maybe more produced, more heavily produced mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. I, I don't put it in the same class as the first couple of albums. I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, like this, I, this record kind of takes a turn for me that like I like, and I probably it would be the kind of thing I could see myself dipping into later. But yeah, yeah, like this one's way too countryish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the lady don't mind. I think I like quite a bit. Yeah. This has got a cool sound too. Once it gets going, but... that bass. Super like '80s movie soundtracks. That, and that's I think of all their albums, it's the most dated, maybe. Huh. Uh, or it it, it, it kind of doesn't escape its time as much as their other stuff does. It, I mean, speaking tongues, maybe a little too. Uh, some of the instrumentation in that on that album is a little more based in the '80s. But most of the other albums, I think, are. Saying that too, like the early ones definitely sound like 70s. Like, I don't think like, they sound dated though. They don't sound dated, no. I guess yeah. it's different. I mean, you can know it's from a certain era, but it doesn't right. mean it's dated. It doesn't mean it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. Like a product specific. Well, well there's a hairband quality to the song. <laughs> you think so? Wait, yeah. hairband. You mean like. You know, like John Bon or something? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Not have made that connection. How do you. Uh, what, I I don't think know, I'm not saying you're I wrong. I think you're saying I overproduced. Perhaps. I think that's perhaps, what you're saying. Perhaps you're right. Like no, it's there's a like a repetition too, to it. It's a little it too it slick. Like... It's a little too smoothly mixed together. Yeah. It's not yeah. as syncopated. It's not as like like vibrant. I, I think that that was part of the problem with the album too at the time when I first heard it. It was just sounded too little too slick, a little too. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't let go enough. But his voice chimes oh, in there. Oh yeah. Takes it away. The song is still pretty. Rough. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, his singing is still. And Stay Up Late is such a ridiculous song. It makes said. me laugh. But it's such a funny Every song. Every time I listen to it, it's so silly. And also, like, these like sounds you make musically it's fun, but then yeah. the lyrics are so silly that you're like, what is even happening? Yeah, music, and that's something I would say about all of their music. Musically, it's fun. It jumps around. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Like not, 
it feels spontaneous. Yeah. And like, They're almost fresh. never not fun. You no, know, whatever yeah. you whatever you might not expect, expect that, mm-hmm. and, and that's what's gonna happen next. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Expect the unpredictable. Like, <laughs> so silly. Little peepee, little toes. Yeah, my favorite line is about is about how like it's we're having fun, but we're not spending money. <laughs> so Sarah, what are you looking at right now? This? These are my notes. For? For this. this. I mean, that's why I was reading and how I was listening to Well, I'm embarrassed I don't have mine with me now. I wish did, I did you take some? Hell yeah. Dude. Bring them. I mean, if you've got them up here too. This is like the most fun kind of note-taking ever, right? My yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah. God. It was like well, when I was to art school and I would like, my reading assignments, I was like, this is, I have to do this? It's like the right. best thing ever. I totally want to read about this. I, I, I just, I, 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 I just, like I'll, I'll have it on while I'm working and I'll suddenly have like, suddenly realize something about the song. I have not even necessarily paying that much close attention, but suddenly I have the thought about it and I and um, uh, so I mean not all of them necessarily make it to being worth talking about later but I just jot down ideas I have about feel free to I will do a better job next time. Dave I will do a better job you, know, you can do it however you want I, I don't no I, I like this I like this you I'm, like I'm gonna do this I'm sure yeah I'll, I'll be more I'll be more uh, ambitious about you though. honey dad anyway so yeah. I'm excited about that. Television. This is sounds so irritating. Television, man. This is a cool song. This, but this little keyboard thing. I just hate that. Take the keyboard sound. I like the song, but I wish there. There are a lot of songs that I. I, Well, I. I would love to hear this album like in its more demo form. You know, mm. like, like without the production mm-hmm. qualities. That, would you? The, were you listening to the deluxe remastered version? Um. Well, I have. I don't know if it's a no. Well, actually, it says probably, remastered. Oh. So. Oh, gee, it does say deluxe. So I, yeah. Because yeah. there's. It has like, a couple. It has like Road to Nowhere early version and yeah, she loves early are, version. Yeah, these are they're tough when you get them on the internet like that. You yeah. don't really know what. So what do you, so, how do you want to wrap it up, Dave? Well, I think we've <laughs> we've done a uh, pretty thorough job of. So what um what product management courses have you taken? <laughs> I don't think that's how we wrap this up there. <laughs> So we should also mention there are a couple other talking heads albums that we didn't discuss. True Stories and Naked. Naked is not a very good album. Have you listened to it? Or no. You know? Naked. Uh, is but not I like a how you album. told me what you think of it before you asked me if I listened to it. Okay, I'm sorry. I probably should. Have. <laughs> Whatever. But I don't find it. Very I don't really good. care. I just said that to fuck with I know you're right. <laughs> I know. Compared to any other talking heads album, it's pretty lame. What's the other one that sucks? True Stories does not suck. True Stories is good. Um, <laughs> actually, True Stories is better than Little Creatures, if you ask me. But yeah? I, I don't think everybody would agree with me. Well, there's a song that came off there that was really popular. That we didn't is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. So I like so how you like, how are we going to wrap this up? Parting comments? Yeah, like, what's, how do you guys usually, do you have, like, a thing? That no, we just, to, no. Like, what was your favorite part about the experience? We get tired of talking, like, I think, that's how I think, but yeah, we're just, we're just done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I, I think... We've made it clear that we love this exercise of listening this to them. Amazing. This is, yeah. Uh, they are fantastic. And if you, the listening audience, well, if you made it this far, you probably already know them. But <laughs> we, we, uh, we will, we've not yet decided what to do next. We'll figure that out over the next few days. But uh, thank you, Sarah, for joining sure. us. Sure. Thanks one. for and hosting. Fantastic. Yeah.
It was fantastic. Well, I really, I really enjoyed this a lot. Good. Yeah. Anytime. So hopefully you do another one with us. Anytime. Cool. So don't forget to uh, check out reselect.com, my uh, music blog. I hear it's amazing. It's outstanding. It's awesome. And we'll we'll link the uh, podcast to there too. Hopefully, don't forget to press the uh, subscribe button on this. If there is such a thing on the where you're listening to. <laughs> just, it's, just end it. I, I read somewhere you're supposed it's to say It's dead. That. Put a bullet in its head. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you later. Good night. <laughs> uh, Let's try and finish.